0: Welcome to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Harder and Drew Knoll. Technology is integrated into every facet of our lives, impacting the way we work, live, and connect with the people in our communities and around the world. In the rapidly evolving digital landscape, the Digitally Connected Podcast explores future trends from the leading innovators in tech so you can stay informed and stay connected. Now here are your hosts, Joel Harder and Drew Null. The other thing that will be exciting along with that is what types of entrepreneurs come out of that as well, you know, because I, I think that the ability to start and run a business without having to have brick and mortar now, yeah you know, we've, we've proven you can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of businesses, I mean, there's the whole sector now of tech consultancy that's really starting to take off as a result of that. And, and that's part of it. But that's not, a, I mean, that's not the totality of what I'm talking about. I mean, I think it's going to be awesome to see, you know, what kind of startups pop up now, um, because people, you know, hey, if I can start a business and my CFO can be in Singapore and my CTO can be in Leeds and, you know, I can be in the Valley or you know, whatever, the case. like we can literally be spread all over the world. Yeah and we can, we can effectively run a business Yeah. Uh, obviously, depending on industry specific, but you'll have that capability. Now it's, it's accessible to people. And so I, I think it's going to be awesome. I think we're going to start to see a lot of really exciting startups birthed out of this. And I think mm-hmm. you're going to start to see industries, traditional industries transition, e-commerce for, you know, for instance, I mean, how many folks went to e-commerce as a result of this? Because right. well, I, I can't actually go in the store so I got to figure out a way to get to my customers, you know, so, you, I mean, the e-commerce business and all the adjacent services that go along with that, that business just exploded uh, over the last year. And I think that's, it's certainly not going to stop.
1: Yeah. More people are developing new skill sets. I, I, yeah. I go back to the comment you made early on about what is virtual learning mean anyway? And, yeah, know, I, I mean people who are really good, really good at doing virtual webinars and trainings and know how to use that medium for the purpose of actually educating someone yeah. uh, on, on whatever the topic or subject may be. Those people are really skilled at a very specific oh, type of communication it wasn't reasonable for us to expect that, you know, a third grade teacher who has is just focusing on trying to help a third grade class of however many students accomplish whatever their learning goals are, now to suddenly be able to do all of that and be this really excellent web based virtual learning presenter.
0: Well that's the yeah, I mean that's a perfect point because the reality is, you know, the, the ones pre COVID Right. I feel like we're now going to have like a new B.C. and, you know, 80, it's like pre covid PC and the COVID era or whatever. Yeah, that's right. um, But, you know, pre-COVID, a, an effective communicator and teacher was somebody that was a good or typically was a good orator, was somebody that could get up at it, whether it was a lectern or sit in front of a group or whatever the case may be, and, and, and very dynamically educate well, now to be a you know, to be that same type of a teacher or communicator or whatever in the COVID era, you've got to have that skill set as well as you've got to be a video producer. You've got you've got to know how to set lighting and set cameras and monitor audio and all that stuff, because the reality is I can be the greatest speaker in the world. But if I've got garbage audio or I've got garbage video, it doesn't matter. What that has done to our experience of of anything now, our consumption of of any type of media has become hypercritical. There's there's been a curve, right? Like when we started in COVID, it was like, all right, you know, everybody's got the fuzzy webcams and everybody sounds like they're in a tin can. And okay, you know, we're going to give everybody some grace because if you go on Amazon and try to get a decent mic or a webcam, it's, you know, it's eight and a half years before you can get one back in stock, which was a whole other thing. But. Now, I, I the, the the pendulum has swung and the, the the we're over the bell's curve now and people are hypercritical and I and, and I find myself I'm a victim of it or I'm a I'm a perpetrator of it uh, I guess both in some instances of you know I'll be sitting on a on a webinar or something like that and I and if, you know if they're having issues with their audio or their video feed or it's a bandwidth issue I'm very judgmental you know mm. <laughs> I'm like. Oh, man what are these guys doing like they don't they don't have their mess together like get it you know come on our perception and the lens that we look at this stuff through a year ago it was choppy audio and you know whatever on a conference call was it was kind of the norm in a lot of ways it was accepted now everybody's expected to be an expert large in part because we've had to be you know yeah. you everybody's had to level up you know one way or another uh, and the folks that have have embraced it, you know, have really you know been the ones that have been successful, and and it's it's noticeable the the good presenters there, there's a massive chasm, you know, between like the people that do it well and the people that are terrible at it. It's very noticeable which 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 yeah. uh, which camp you sit in.
1: Yes, we all beca- have become more critical because we're, we're so much more acclimated to them, but it, yeah, it, it's not just a, a critical eye that we see things. We're also aware of them part of something i i had been involved with last year kind of events based things and you know organized thousand two thousand person events and the way we'd approach that well we, then we took it virtual this year and and it was it's almost like the timing fell perfectly like we were able to do that event last year really covid we'd heard about it but we didn't quite know what it was yet i mean literally it was probably like it was probably the last big event that happened in <laughs> in Oklahoma City, one of the last kind of events like that right before everything sort of shut down. Yeah. And then we kind of go through this year of people are trying to go virtual and still do events and they don't work. When we got around to doing that event again this year, now we've had a whole year of kind of learning how to do it well. Um, Yeah. And we were actually able to, to do a very well done virtual event because we've had a year to learn. Right. Uh, from all these experiences and what we've seen, what we've become more just aware of. You know, one of the things we did is we, we invited people from all over the state to contribute some content. And it's funny because a year ago, how many people, if they're going to shoot a little two minute video of themselves and, and share it, they'd be holding their phone portrait. And it's like, right. it's like people are just aware now, oh no, hold it landscape this skill set that is coming in and becoming more innate and natural because we are so much more acclimated and operating in these spaces. And we're thinking about things like this, or, or even we're not thinking about them. They're just, they're unconscious. We, we're just aware that, that this yeah, they is, become innate. Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, and that's what I meant. I didn't mean critical in a negative way. We've just no, no, become no, I, more I, aware yeah, and developed our absolutely. skills as a result of it. Yeah, yeah
1: you're absolutely right. Yeah. Hey, hey, Drew, kind of the last few minutes. Yep. And we're obviously we're going to dive a lot deeper into some of these issues, but thinking just about this increased expectation for remote work and all the different things we kind of talked about, let's just kind of look at, look out into the future. Where might we go from here? What, what are some the things that maybe you see kind of coming on the horizon with this increased work from home or remote work expectation?
0: Yeah. I, I think some of the things that you're really going to start to see is the virtual environment uh, or the virtual events. You know, well, I think that some, you know, the the trade show and those types of that that market is a billion dollar, you know, billions of dollars a year business. They were some of the ones that early on took took some of the biggest hits, um, you know, because they had to shut their events down because no, whether or not they could, you know, legally wherever they were conducting them could have them for one, you know, some couldn't, but people just weren't coming, right? But just out of fear of of what was going on, and so a lot of them shifted to virtual. Uh, And to your point, you know, initially in virtual events, people were real skeptical about if people were going to attend, what the quality was going to be. And as a sponsor of those events, is it worth my marketing dollars and, you know, my my budgets to go attend those things and, and, and present and those kinds of things? I think you're going to see a combination now as we're starting to we're certainly it feels like we're on the the improvement swing is is the safest way i can i can characterize it right now you're going to start to see obviously you know in fact this year i mean our business is planning to attend some trade shows at the end of the year but i suspect you're going to have a lot of trade shows and events and those kinds of things have both in person and virtual components to it as a means to reach a secondary audience uh, yeah. because a lot of those a lot of those events they would put caps on them because you can only have so many attendees because you're going to have so many people in the building you know there's physical limitations to it or they had other reasons for for capping attendees and those kinds of things there's going to be content that's specific to the folks in person uh, but you're also going to have supplemental content that's virtual as well And I think that a lot of the technology that people have had to adapt and utilize or adopt rather and utilize for virtual events that we've had to do for this for the past year, I think you're going to see that technology enhance uh, those in person events as well, whether it's through, you know, virtual experiences and those kinds of things. So I think that's one. Certainly, I think you're also going to, you know, you're going to start to see. And we've already started to see it. You're going to see additional platforms uh, for this type of thing. Uh, I mean, what we're recording on right now is a solid example of one. You know, when, when we first started planning this podcast, we were planning on using Zoom. And thanks to, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and his uh, his algorithms, this popped up on our Facebook as a, a Facebook ad. And we were both like, mm, this is interesting. Let's check it out. I think you're going to start to see some, you know, some new technologies in the the virtual work industry. And I, and I think that that I think that's another you're going to see this entire there's going to be an industry develop around virtual work. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's web-based teleconferencing systems or productivity enhancement tools or management tools for folks working for, you know, how do you manage, you know, like you've seen a lot of those, um, really get the, uh, monday.coms right. and the, you know, things like that productivity project management type softwares. Those took a hockey stick up this year because everybody's trying to find ways to, uh, manage their teams remotely when you can't go to their desk and poke them kind of thing. I think you're going to see a solidification and a massive increase in the I don't have a better way to characterize it other than a virtual work industry really solidifying that for folks, giving managers, you know, and leaders a real concrete toolbox of of how to do that.
1: Yeah. I agree. What I'd kind of add to to that what i see coming probably over the next few years maybe 5 to 10 years at the at the most you're going to see policies become formalized and be well developed and well communicated as management leadership kind of catches up to that workforce yeah. expectation and so that's probably what we're going to see in the near future is some of that gap close and policies come out which is going to then open up a whole lot of different opportunities for work and for jobs and for kinds of career opportunities that maybe weren't there before and in the same way it's going to create a whole lot of career mobility um of course there's a lot of different contributing factors and there's multiple variables at play here but this has been a very disruptive experience and there's a lot of reskilling going on. People lost jobs and they're not going back to that industry. So I think that as those policies come into play, I love your thinking about the entrepreneurialism. I do think we're gonna see a lot of new business ideas, new new work ideas, new industries emerge, but you're also you're having a a workforce that's also reskilling and very open to looking for new opportunities. Yeah. I, I really don't think we can underestimate the power of the ability to get high caliber talent that may live outside a market and the opportunity oh, opportunity to yeah. really go after the best possible talent is going to be a, a real motivating factor there i also think we're going to see some changes with the real estate industry mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about this already from a commercial side how do we even think about our needs for the commercial space that we use and have I don't think commercial real estate is going away at all. No. I think that it's going to be really reimagined, and I think that could be really exciting to see that the square footage that used to have cubicles and offices could actually become a really dynamic space that lets you do a lot of other different kinds of things because now you don't need all the desks, you don't need all the cubicles, and so there is going to be a shift in just the way commercial uh, space is used Residential real estate's also gonna change dramatically. I was talking to a realtor friend and a selling point for a property is school district. Well, we just had this major weather event, you know, how close, are you on a hospital's power grid? <laughs> are you gonna be able to, keep? <laughs> right. you know, there's a pr- priority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're gonna see residential property either built intentionally with home offices in mind or retrofitted with home offices in mind and they're going to be constructed it's no longer going to be you know oh well you could use this room as an office no there's going to be intentional design around a home office space with different kinds of materials used to create sound barrier and isolation, with different kinds of infrastructure for high quality bandwidth, and, we're and accommodations
0: some- for multiple workers. I think that's one thing we didn't really hit on, but that's massive when you've yeah. got husband and wife or partners that are you know living together. That are uh, both having to work you know so now you're talking about two office spaces uh you know we're trying to divide one and that kind of thing i I mean i think you and danelle deal with that right you kind of share an office space there sometimes so you have to figure that out and yeah yeah you're absolutely right residential real estate's going to change significantly
1: we're going to start talking about like some psychological issues and just mental health and work-life balance and so home office can't necessarily be just on the other side of that glass door from your living room. I mean, you, right. depending on who you are, that opportunity to have some separation and an isolated yeah. space so that you can put work down and go make dinner. So yep. th- there's going to be some changes there. And I also think that when we think about travel, travel is going to change. I don't think business travel is going away. I don't think that people aren't still going to, going to go to trade shows, aren't still going to go to conferences, yeah. still going to do that, but People have discovered I can have a 75-minute a, a video conference and get something significant accomplished with somebody on the other side of the world. I don't have to catch the red eye to Boston and lose a day for a 45-minute meeting. Yeah. And so no, it,
0: I I think you're absolutely. I think I think it's the prioritization of that travel, right? right? right. Is it you know I mean where to your point, I've worked jobs recently where you know, I was traveling two, three, four days a week. Constantly, I'd catch a, you know, a 45 minute flight to Houston from Dallas to go have an hour long lunch meeting with a customer and hitch the same 45 minute flight back in the same day. And no doubt now, prior to that, you know, when I was doing that years ago. It was never an ask. Yep, I'm going to Houston. Yep, I'm going to Austin. Yep, I'm going to Ohio. Whatever, you know. And my boss didn't bat an eye. Now the question is: you know, Is it completely necessary? Can you do it some other way? You've got you've got a whole new chest of tools. Right? Can you accomplish the same thing, or even re- remotely close to the same thing and same result without? Because to your point, I mean. How much time is lost? That's the thing that that I think is to to your end to piggyback off of that is the reprioritization of the workforce's time. Yeah. you know it, it, because it is so precious. Uh, and it always has been. I think we've just, it's become hyper-focused now. And so, because I don't you, I, I don't have to get on that plane to have that meeting. I can have a very dynamic, our company just did a, a live stream tour of our facility for a prospect. We've got phenomenal content folk that pulled that off. But we were able to do that for customers, prospects that normally would have flown in, but because travel restrictions with their company, they couldn't. And so it, we we had to make the call of, Well, do we pass on this opportunity because these folks can't come fly in and see our stuff Uh, or do we figure something out? And obviously we figured something out and we, you know, we pulled off, you know, an event like that. And, And not to say that every customer or every company is going to start doing live stream tours and all that kind of thing. But you're going to see a lot more dynamic content created as a result of that to supplement travel.
1: They all might not do it, but they can. Exactly. And that's that's the whole point, man, is that we are digitally connecting. We are increasingly digitally connected. The ability to focus, to prioritize, to become much more precise in your time, what you're doing, that's where you're seeing the increases in productivity and efficiency. This way of living and working is not going to go away. That may seem the most obvious statement in the world. It would not have been one year ago today.
0: No, definitely not. You've been listening to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Harder and Drew Null. Make sure to check us out wherever you catch all your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new content we'll be dropping regularly. If you enjoyed the content today, give us a five-star rating. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time.